Welcome to Spirit Speak, exploring the afterlife with Connie and Barry Strom. Your hosts are here to speak the words of the spirits and answer your questions. Now, here are Connie and Barry. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Spirit Speak, exploring the afterlife. I'm Barry Strom, your host, and I'm the one who will be doing the channeling of the spirits today. I try to use my gift of communication to talk to dead people, educate all who will listen to anyone about the miracle of the afterlife. We currently have 500 videos up on our YouTube channel. We cover everything involving the paranormal. You can see some of the days that we used to channel on a, using a channeling board. You can see spirits, many, many things on uh, our YouTube channel. So anyway, Connie, let's uh, keep her moving here. Yes, I'm Connie Strom, your co-host. Last week, we discussed life plans and death. If you missed it, the show's available in the Voice America archives or on our YouTube channel in the name of Barry Strom. Today, we're going to interview spirits of three famous Western actors from the golden age of Western movies, back when I was a kid. Gene Autry, Roy Rogers, and Dale Evans. These individuals accomplished a great deal, not only in their careers, but also in helping others. Now, when I speak to the spirits, it's not an exact science, so occasionally I do make a mistake, believe it or not. (laughs) But yes, Connie, that was not supposed to be funny. Uh, I do know that the spirits are real. I mean, we've been doing this too long now. So we're hoping that we can help educate you. Tell your friends about our show. I think they'll thank you for it. Our first spirit guest, Gene Autry, was born in 1907 and died in 1998. He was nicknamed the Singing Cowboy and became famous in films and television. He was founding owner of the Major League Baseball team, the California Angels. From 1934 to 1953, he appeared in 93 films. So, Gene, thank you so much for joining us this morning. Your father was a Methodist minister, born on a farm in Texas, and then you you grew up in Texas in Oklahoma. How did this affect your career? It affected it in many ways. I loved being a cowboy. I grew up in the country. My father was indeed a minister, and he instilled the love of God in my heart, and it stayed there throughout my life. I grew up along, among many, many poor people. Many of the farmers in Oklahoma were having a very difficult time. The Depression particularly hit the Midwest, the Dust Bowl. There were many, many things that, uh, that my environment affected. I wanted to help people. I wanted to sing. I just, I loved the cowboy life. It was I look back when I was young, I could still speak with some of the individuals that lived through the cowboy years, the cattle drives and all the wonderful things that took place. It just made me want to continue being a cowboy as best I could. Jeet, will you tell us about your encounter with Will Rogers? Well, I wasn't doing real good, so I had to take a job with the railroad. And I was... I was in one of the stations that night sitting there playing my guitar because there wasn't anything else going on. And this guy came in, didn't recognize him. He sat and he listened to me. 
And he said, you know, you could, uh, I think you could really make it at that. You seem to have a lot of talent. Very, very nice individual. He turned and we walked out. And later on, I dawned on me that that was Will Rogers. And in those days, Will was one of the most famous of individuals in, in the country. He was a great humorist, could make a joke about the worst of things. Uh, he was a wonderful individual. But I took what he said to heart. And even though I hadn't been doing too well at the time, I, I decided that I would, I would fight on and try to get a singing career. That worked out well for a lot of people. How did your singing career actually get started? Well, it was difficult. As I said, it was dangerous times. The, the 20s were roaring. The 30s, not so much because of the Depression. I started trying to go to the different radio stations, tried to sing with a couple different groups. In those days, you did everything you could to get a job. Finally, I got lucky, got a singing contract, and from there on, God blessed me and all went well. Could you expand on how the Depression affected your life personally? Well, it pretty much destroyed our family's economics. They were farmers. They were trying to make a living, and all of a sudden, they were doing what they had done throughout their life, but all of a sudden, everything turned terrible for them. It was uh, my friends were having trouble getting jobs. There were no jobs. It was just when you looked around you, you understood that you had to be able to do something to help others. There were so many people that needed help. That I just, I, I wanted to do all I could for them. And I tried to do my best. If you look today, you're going to see a lot of people need help as well. Nah. Sometimes not much changes through the years. Sadly, that's true. Could you let us know exactly what your spiritual beliefs were? I had a firm belief in God. Never had any doubts. My family had brought those ideas to me. They instilled a foundation of of faith, and it stayed with me all my life. I tried to do the best I could. I tried to live a clean life. I tried not to succumb to many of the things that other people in Hollywood were succumbing to. And I tried to lead the young. I truly understood that the young were the ones that needed to be stimulated towards God. It was it was simply my undying belief in God that brought about the blessings that led my life to where it went. Yes, you definitely promoted ethical, moral, and patriotic lifestyle. Uh, how popular do you think that would be today? Sadly, I think the things that I said today would not would be overlooked. The young today see so much that leads them down the wrong path. They see stunts on social media. They see people, attractive people. They see individuals making fun of others. They see 
many, many things that depress the young. Suicide rates are up among the young, and I think that social media plays a huge role in it. If you base your life on ethical, moral, and patriotic standards, then you will find that good things happen. If you follow, and I'll refer to it as the path of evil, then you will find out that bad things happen. It's, I did my best, that's all I can say. And I thank you for it, because you were right. You created a cowboy code, or it's called the Ten Cowboy Commandments. Will you tell us about that code? I wanted people to have a path. I wanted to show them guidelines. Just as God gave us the Ten Commandments, I wanted the young to see commandments to live by that were more adaptable to their age group. I made them up, and if they the young followed that foundation, then I think that they're they would live a pretty good life. It I cannot stress enough just how important it is to build a foundation among the young. You are correct. How do you think social media is affecting the younger generation today? It has some good effects because there's a lot of information available. Sadly, you don't know what is true and what isn't. But I think in most instances, social media is having a very bad effect on kids. You see them walking with their noses in their telephones. You don't see them in the walking through the woods enjoying all of the blessings God has given us. You see their attention being taken away from many of the things that could help them in their lives. It's, it can be a good thing, but sadly, I think that it is turning into something that is going to be a danger to the younger generation. Yes. What's your opinion of country music today? There's not enough of it. I think if you listen to the so-called Western stars today, their music style is just simply not going back to the roots of country music. Country music led many generations. It was not complex. It was a simple music. A lot of it was spiritually based. Keep in mind that in the days of the Western expansion, an individual might be able to play a guitar. If, if two people got together and played, it was a big deal. Today, you're seeing these huge concerts. You're seeing individuals make immense amounts of money through music, which is fine. That's up to them. I hope, I truly hope that many of the musicians use the money that they make to help others. I do know that many of them are very charity-oriented, but the style of music that they call country today has basically no resemblance to the historic country music. I'm with you on that. I like that music, but I think it needs a different name than country. In 1942, you enlisted in the United States Army Corps. 
Please tell us about your assignments during the Second World War. I wanted to enlist. I wanted to do what I could. I spoke about being a patriot, and I wanted to be one. I was part of the Flying Corps. I was assigned to some very dangerous assignments in Asia. I flew over the so-called hump taking supplies. I did everything that I could. I wanted to live the life of which I spoke. Tell us about your love of rodeos. When you grow up in the West, it seems like every town will have rodeos. Rodeos are a huge deal when you live in the Midwest or the West. And it was something that I always, always enjoyed going to. The competitors were individuals of incredible athletic ability. They had more nerve than I know I did. Imagine sitting on the back of a bucking bull for the fun of it. It was, I loved the competitors. I loved the people that came. I especially loved the idea that rodeos are generally very patriotic. They go to our grassroots. They are a tradition held over from our founding fathers. It was just something that I always enjoyed. Okay. Um, tell us, uh, yeah, I'm sorry. What was your relationship with Roy Rogers? I actually worked with Roy several times. We did become pretty much competitors. I know the King of the Singing Cowboys was something was a title that both of us pretty much wanted. Roy was an exceptional individual, a great talent. And when he when he met his beautiful wife, they became a real power for helping others. Roy followed many of the traditions that I did. He realized that the key to the future was in the young. He tried to help them. He lived a very, very good life. He was he was just a very, very good person. Okay. Uh, what do you think of the modern cowboys competing in today's rodeos? They're incredible athletes. I watch them. I'm impressed with them. They're doing things that the individuals in my day could never do. They're phenomenal. They're brave. And they have the opportunity to make decent money today, and they deserve it. They do. Why do you think classic country music declined in popularity? I think it's because of the change in the generational process. Older people still tend to enjoy the classic music. Today, the young want more of the rock and roll type, more of the fancy guitar music. They want many things that the young want many things that the senior citizens do not. The senior citizens look back on their youth and they remember it. They remember our shows. Today, I don't think the young, many of them don't even know our names. 
me, if you could make changes in the way you lived your life, what would that be? I would try to do more to help others. I think you can always do more. I made vast sums of money. I did many investments, and I could have done more to help people. Gene, thank you so much for joining us this morning. Do you have a final message for us? Yes. First of all, I would like to thank you for giving me the opportunity to talk to humans again. It's just... It's just the time has changed so much through the years. People have changed so much. In my day, people looked at the the cowboys of the West as heroes. They looked at them as something you could emulate. There was great violence and great dishonesties and many, many things in the old, true old West. But we tried to look over a lot of that. Good guys in my time always wore white hats. The bad guys wore black hats. You could tell the difference between good and bad. Today with social media, it's impossible to tell the truth from the from the fiction. Many people are telling you things that are not true. You're being told that there's no God. Cowboys basically had a deep interest in God. They were living a dangerous life. They knew that they could face going to heaven at any time. Many of them did many wonderful things. If it wasn't for the cowboys, your country would not be what it is today. I hope that individuals turn to the roots that made this country so great. The cowboys, they are the ones that settled the West. They did many things, some good, some bad. But I think that the cowboy life and the Ten Commandments that I gave should still apply to the younger generation. So I thank you very much for allowing me to speak today. Thank you so much. I know that Roy and Dale are here waiting. God bless all of you. And God bless you. Okay, let's take a short break, and we'll be back with Roy Rogers. Connie and Barry will be back after a few words from our sponsors. Follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. Is death the end of the journey of the soul or a time of new beginnings? Is there proof of an afterlife? What would historic figures say if they lived today? Psychic and channeler Barry Strom uses his gift of spirit communication to answer these questions and explore all aspects of the hereafter. Have all the information necessary not to fear life's final journey. Tune in to Spirit Speak, exploring the afterlife with Connie and Barry Strom. Tuesdays at 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa. 
Play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. Psychic and author Barry Strom has now published nine books dealing with supernatural subject from ghosts to aliens. His most recent books, Messages of God and Messages of the Prophet Muhammad for a Modern World, bring you the channeled messages of the founders of Christianity and Islam. Their words are intended to guide their followers through these modern times. These books are available in softcover and ebook on Amazon.com. Signed copies of all of Strom's books are available on his website, www.barrystrom.com. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. Welcome back to Spirit Speak, exploring the afterlife. Here are your hosts, Connie and Barry Strom. Welcome back, everyone, and thank you for tuning in. We're going to channel with the spirit of Roy Rogers. Roy was born in 1911, died in 1998. Very, very successful singer, actor, television host. Throughout his life, he appeared in over 100 films and had his own several of his own television shows. I remember in my youth watching him. And, uh, he was a young man then. <laughs> so, Connie, <laughs> we've got some questions. Let's get on with okay. it. Roy, thank you for joining us today. Uh, would you tell us about your youth? My youth was was a bit unsettled. My family emigrated to California, tried to make a living, did not have any money to speak of. It was a difficult time to find work. It was a difficult time. World War One was when I was growing up. I saw friends in my family going to war. I felt that I wanted to try to do things that would make an impact. I had talent. I enjoyed singing. I thought that it would be a great way to earn a living. But sadly, it was a, also a very difficult way to get started. Yeah, could you tell us how you were affected by the Great Depression? We were in California during much of it. There were no jobs available. You would do anything you could to try to earn a, make a living to pay for your family. I wound up doing anything I could. I always was trying to sing, to cheer people up, and to do, make other people enjoy my music. There were no jobs. I know I'm repeating myself there. If you did not live through the Great Depression, you cannot appreciate the true suffering that was brought about. It was it was just a terrible time. You had to help others. You had children that were literally starving to death. There was simply no way individuals could 
could raise their families at times. In the Midwest, farms had failed. It was hard to get food. There were no really great social programs. The government tried to do what they could to provide work. It was it was just a very, very bad time. During this time, you worked in a California picking peaches, and you lived in a labor camp similar to those depicted in John Steinbeck's Grapes of Wrath. Will you tell our listeners exactly what that was like? It was like basically basic survival. Everyone that was in these camps couldn't afford to be anywhere else. We were picking peaches for pennies a day. The people that were in these camps were were desperate. They were trying to raise their families. It was it was the personification of what you never want to return to in this country. So Roy, would you tell our listeners what a yodel is? That's not an easy question to answer, Connie. A yodel is a type of sound that you make in your throat. My mother and I used to use it to call each other from long distances. It is a loud sound. It is something you do with your vocal cords. We used to incorporate it into... We used to incorporate it into some of our songs. It is something that you really never hear much of today. If you listen to some of the classic music or some of the songs that I did, you'll you'll hear us yodel. It was basically meant as a way of communicating, getting somebody's attention over long distances. Okay. Uh, your first successful group was the Sons of the Pioneers. Could you please tell us about that group? That was really my first successful type of group that we got involved with. Sons of the Pioneers, they sang classic Western music. They were very conservative. They had sounds that the people enjoyed in those days. We would write some of our own original songs. It was a great group of people. We maintained the presence of the group through many of our different shows. Sons of the Pioneers, in the days where we were popular, was highly successful. It was just just a, a group of of wonderful people that could make wonderful music. Hey, you worked in a Gene Autry movie in a supporting role as a singing cowboy. Will you tell us about working with Gene? Gene's a good guy. Gene always was trying to do good things for others. But we were both basically trying to compete in the same market. Gene was singing country music. I was singing country music. We were singing Western songs. And as our fame grew, we became more comp- more of competitors. But I think that we always be- we always maintained 
being good, being friends. Gene did so much good, and we try to do good. I have, I have no dislike towards Gene. He is a wonderful person, and we still hang out over here. How did you get the name Roy Rogers? Well, my name didn't exactly fit in too well, so the my my producers decided I needed a new name. One of the most popular people of the time was Will Rogers. Great humorous, very popular. So I borrowed his last name, and we decided that Roy was a pretty good first name. So R.R. Roy Rogers, there you go. Sounds good. Tell us about your meeting with Dale Evans. Dale was incredibly talented. She was a great singer. She was she would sing with some of the big bands and doing some country music. She became involved in one of the shows that we were doing. I met her. I fell in love with her. I thought she was an incredible individual. And I didn't realize at the time, but I was meeting my soulmate. We married and had a great life together. So how did meeting Dale change your life? Dale had an incredibly strong foundation in God. She had absolutely no doubts of his existence and tried to tried to live a life that emulated his teachings. Up to that point, I can't say that I was exactly attending church a whole bunch. I was dedicating myself to our careers. When I met Dale, everything changed. She had previous marriages. I had previous marriages. We each had children through those marriages. We combined our families, and it worked wonderfully. We did many, many things. We wound up adopting children. We had children of our own. Dale became a guiding light and inspiration in my life. Yeah, could you tell us just how important spirituality was in your lives? It was incredibly important. Until I met Dale, I can't say that it was. I did I did things that I shouldn't have done, probably. I did not treat my relationships with my previous wives the way I should have treated them. But once I met Dale, I realized just how important living a good life and following the commandments of God were. We did our best, and God rewarded us with so many blessings. We helped many others. We helped individuals grow up to be great adults. We tried to lay a foundation for the young. As Gene said earlier, the young are the key to everything. And I think that we followed God's wishes and laid a foundation for many children. Okay, as you said, you and Dale adopted four children. What would you tell our listeners about adoption? I would tell them that there are many individuals out there, wonderful children that are just simply looking for homes. 
I would tell young girls that perhaps get pregnant and think that the only answer is abortion. I would tell them that they should have the child. Giving the child up for a good abortion is an act that God would wish you to do. Adoption, adoption can be a very wonderful thing. There are so many children out there that get, sometimes they're adopted into bad homes. Sometimes they, these children just seem like there's nowhere to go but to get turned to crime. If you love God, if you have loving families, consider taking another child into your home. There are many that need that so much. Adoption is probably the greatest way to help many children in need. Why would you say Christian actors are ostracized in Hollywood today? The Christian actors today have a belief structure that is different from what many of the other actors have. Many of the actors think that that living a life of pure luxury, living a life of, of greed, of doing all you can to advance your own career, to perhaps having sex with anyone that can help advance that career, to not attempting to put your best foot forward in your marriages. It is very difficult today. Hollywood has has changed. There's always been a difficult environment existing in the film industry. Today, many of the producers, directors, studio owners, people that make the decisions, many of them have absolutely no understanding of God and do not follow the principles. They think that the actors that believe in God represent a threat to them and I believe they're going to find out the Christian actors that make movies related to spirituality are going to be very successful into the future. I think people today need God more than ever. And I think that I think that things will work out, but it will only be through those actors that believe in God and follow his words. Yeah, that's getting started now. Um, Your son said that your final words were, well, Lord, it's been a long, hard ride. What did you mean, and what were you seeing? Well, old age was rather difficult. It was hard. I'd always been athletic, riding, doing Western things. And as I approached the end of my life, many of those things went away. I had done many, many hard things. I felt that I had a very good relationship with with Jesus. And 
I thought that I knew that I was closing my eyes for the final time. And I just wanted him to know that we'd had a good life together. As you watch from the other side, what's your opinion of our social media today? I think it represents a great risk to our children. They don't have the ability to sort out what's truthful and what isn't. And there are no real means of sorting out truth or fiction for them. They are following false idols. They're doing social media is leading them down a very difficult path. So what would you tell our listeners about heaven? I would tell them it's the most magnificent place they will ever conceive of. I can't describe it. We are so happy here. We get to do many things. We see our loved ones. We see many, many miracles. We get to watch what is taking place on earth. It is amazing. Thank you, Roy. It's been a pleasure talking with you. Uh, do you have a final message for us? Yes, I also want to thank you so much. And I know Dale's coming in the next segment. People today need to understand many of the moralities that Gene and I and Dale tried to give to others. You must help the young. You must do what you can do to help anyone else that has need. There are many people in need now, and there are many people of great wealth that are ignoring them. They will find that they're truly making a bad decision, but that's called free will. I would encourage everyone to follow the simple teachings that God gives you. Do what you can to help others. Do not fear your time of passing. You may even get to see the three of us when you come home. So thank you for allowing me to speak. Thank you, sir. All right, let's take another break. And when we come back, it's Dale Evans. Connie and Barry will be back after a few words from our sponsors. A little birdie told me Voice America is on Twitter. Follow us at Voice America TRN. Psychic and author Barry Strom has now published nine books dealing with supernatural subject from ghosts to aliens. His most recent books, Messages of God and Messages of the Prophet Muhammad for a Modern World, bring you the channeled messages of the founders of Christianity and Islam. Their words are intended to guide their followers through these modern times. These books are available in softcover and ebook on Amazon.com. Signed copies of all of Strom's books are available on his website, www.barrystrom.com. Voice America is on LinkedIn. Connect with us today. Is death the end of the journey of the soul or a time of new beginnings? Is there proof of an afterlife? What would historic figures say if they lived today? Psychic and channeler Barry Strom uses his gift of spirit communication to answer these questions and explore all aspects of the hereafter. 
Have all the information necessary not to fear life's final journey. Tune in to Spirit Speak, exploring the afterlife with Connie and Barry Strom. Tuesdays at 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Welcome back to Spirit Speak, exploring the afterlife. Have a question for Barry or their guests? Join us on the show at 866-472-5788. That's 866-472-5788. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, everybody, and thank you for tuning in and sticking with us. Honey, we have Dale Evans. We do have Dale Evans. She was born in 1912 and died in 2001. She had a productive career as a jazz, swing, and a big band singer. In 1947, she married Roy Rogers, and they were a successful team, both on and off screen. They came to be known for their inspirational and charity work. So, Dale, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, could you tell us about your early life? I had a relatively decent childhood. My parents loved me. They did all they could for me. They tried to encourage me in my in my singing. They wanted me to do well in life. They did instill the true belief in God. They laid such a strong foundation that it just basically led me through many things. It helped me during many times of need. I love my parents. They were good people. And I think that I managed to follow what they instilled in me. I believe you did. So how did you get the name Dale Evans? In my time in, in the movies and singing, everybody wanted to have simple names. So it was suggested that my given name was not exactly what we wanted for the people to think of me. My name, we settled on Dale, and we borrowed the name Evans. So it was, it was a group effort. What was it like trying to build a career as a big band singer? Very, very difficult. When you're trying to build a singing career, you find out just how many other people have good voices. Entertainment was very different in the 20s. Big bands were the thing, dances. I tried to sing with big bands. There were many other people that were trying to get the same jobs that we had. The, the time was very, very difficult. It was... It was living and moving, playing in different cities. It was very hard to avoid the drinking. Much of the activities that went on were things that I didn't want to participate in. It was, I came to the realization that if I was going to do it, I would have to be 
expand my career into acting and trying to obtain roles where I could use my voice in acting together. So how did you become a cowgirl co-star to Roy Rogers? It was difficult. I applied to be in a movie with the famous Roy Rogers. Roy was doing very well at the time. He had quite a career. He was very, very famous. I felt that it would be a great step in my career. And I applied for a position and I was accepted. I met Roy. We sang some songs together. And as you know, we fell in love. Yeah, in 1947, the two of you married. It was his third marriage and your fourth. When did you realize that you and Roy were true soulmates? It happened pretty rapidly. We just we just kind of clicked together. You see, when you make up a life plan, you may have a soulmate incorporated into it, depending on what lessons you need to learn. But you don't always meet that soulmate immediately in that life plan. Sometimes you have lessons to be learned. I knew that from my prior marriages that I'd made mistakes. Roy had made mistakes. And when we came together and married, we discussed the best way to combine our children, to raise our families, and to follow God's words. It obviously worked out very well for us. Yeah. What would you tell anyone who's in an unhappy or abusive relationship? I would tell them that this is not what God wants for them. I know there are religions that tell you that you should never leave a relationship, even if it's abusive. But that's not what God wants. If you're unhappy, he wants you to find happiness. He wants you to follow his, his words, live a good life not be abusive yourself, but there's no way that he wants you to stay in an abusive relationship. Yes, he's told us, us that as well. Together with Roy, you had one child, Robin Elizabeth, and she died from complications of Down syndrome shortly before her second birthday. What would you tell anyone with a child with disabilities? I would tell anyone with a child, a child with disabilities that is an incredible blessing. That child has chosen to live a life that will help others to learn. It will help you as parents to learn, and it will teach you important lessons. That child has a soul like any other child. If, as in the case of what happened to us, we lost our blessing on our sec before her second birthday. But we are with that soul in heaven. That is an, she is an incredible soul. She loves us. We spend much time together over here. Children with disabilities are blessings. 
You have to understand that. God has given you an opportunity to learn. God has given the parents an opportunity to advance their souls by how they they treat that child. That child has a soul the same as yours. There is absolutely no difference. Yes, we actually experienced that in my side of the family. You are correct. You wrote multiple religious and inspirational books. What would you tell our listeners about your spiritual beliefs? In life, I had absolutely no doubt as to the existence of God. I knew that Jesus had walked the earth, and I knew that there was absolutely no doubt that heaven was going to be this incredible place where you would where you join your family members and where you live a life that is an extension of your soul history. I tried to do as much as I could to bring messages such as that to others. I tried to lead a good life. I tried to do as much as I could so that individuals could build upon the faith that Roy and I had. You and Roy adopted four other children. What would you tell our listeners about adoption? I would tell them adoption is a great learning experience. Children need help. Many people cannot afford to raise their children. Children wind up in homes. They wind up waiting for individuals to adopt them and show love to them. These children need parents. All children need parents. Instead of aborting a child, have the child and arrange a good adoption for it. There are many, many agencies that will step in and help you. Churches will help you. Do not feel that you want to even consider killing that baby in the womb. Adoption, there are many more children than have parents that are willing to take them. But I can assure you that adopting those children was one of the greatest learning experiences of Roy and Mai's life. Yeah, You and Roy appeared with Billy Graham many times in his crusades. What would you tell anyone in need of assistance and direction? Billy Graham was an incredible servant of God. He led millions of people to him, to God. There are many, many other people that are available to help. I know that you and Barry have got many videos that will help and give assistance and understanding about about God and all of his servants. Turn to God and you will be guided. Ask for assistance and direction in prayer and you will receive it. It is, there are so many people in need of assistance today and they refuse to believe God exists and they don't ask for his guidance. Yeah, what would you tell our listeners about the realities in heaven? Heaven is absolute. As you climb in the realms, you are much more inclined for many things that uh, for many things and abilities 
Heaven is indescribable. When you approach your time of passing, do not fear it. You're going, you are truly going to a better place where there will be no pain and you will be very happy. Dale, thank you so much for joining us. The three of you are wonderful souls. We're honored to have been able to speak with you today. Do you have a closing message? Yes. Thank you for allowing the three of us to come through. We tried to guide individuals as best we could. We tried to raise families, help others, do as much as we could to lay a foundation, especially for the young. Roy and I tried to set an example. You can still go back and see many of our shows. They're available. You can see the lives that we tried to lead, the songs that we tried to sing, the simplicity, the honesty of knowing God, the willingness that we had to try to help others. Go out and do good. Follow God's simple commands, help others, lay a foundation for the young. It's all very simple. Do that, and I can assure you that when your time of passing comes, it will be a great experience for you. Thank you, Dale. God bless you. Okay. Thank you so much. Three wonderful, wonderful guests enjoyed it today. Next week, we're going to discuss the impact of suicide on the soul and on the life plan of the person that commits that suicide. We're going to be channeling with the spirits of Naomi Judd and Robin Williams, two famous individuals that committed suicide. This is going to be a very, very important show. We're going to tell you all the aspects of it. Please tell your friends. I've currently got nine books on Amazon. I have one book called The Messages of God for a Modern World. I have another one called Messages of Muhammad for a Modern World. We channel all religions. We're all one. We all got to learn to get together. You can get personalized copies of all my books on our website, barrystrom.com. I'm currently in the process of getting my 10th book ready. It's channeling the archangels. It'll soon be out there, and I hope that you enjoy it. And I would like to thank you all for joining us on the Voice America Radio Network as well. Word of mouth is the best advertising, so please tell your friends about our show. If you want to see more of our channelings, as we said earlier, we have 500 videos covering all aspects of the afterlife on our YouTube channel, which is in the name of Barry Strom. All right, and we thank you so much for listening. I hope that you will tune in for us next week. It's going to be a very, very important message. We've done many shows on other platforms about suicide. Please join us Tuesday mornings at 9 a.m. Pacific time on the Voice America Radio Network. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Spirit Speak, exploring the afterlife with Connie and Barry Strom. Tune in next week for another informative and inspiring episode on the Voice America Variety Channel at 9 a.m. Pacific Time.